Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds, but also preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, this past Sunday morning, you took us to a very specific, really important path. We did. We taught, we call it the path of integrity based on the book of Psalms chapter 15. And what we were talking about was spiritual alignment. And, uh, we began the lesson by talking about things that uh, have to be aligned. We used the illustration of the Transcontinental Railroad. This railroad come from the east, railroad come from the west. And if they weren't lined up, there'd be a big mess. We talked about the uh, Gateway Arch in St. Louis, how they built one side and then the other side, and right at the middle of that arch, uh, the final piece was put in, and it had to line up. And the idea of alignment, uh, seeing the same thing that others see, or uh, as expression we hear common today, your walk and your talk matching. That's That was kind of the idea. And Psalms 15 brings out great concepts of that as we think about the idea of spiritual integrity. The, the word I was going to mention that we often, and I think accurately, attach to alignment is integrity. We don't run across that word a whole lot in the Bible, but we do hear it here and there more, it seems like, uh, than seeing the specific word translated into English. We see the examples of men and women who were people of integrity. You drew out in your sermon uh, the the opposite of integrity. That's hypocrisy, right? Saying one thing, doing something else, or saying, well, I would never, while then very shortly thereafter, doing exactly the, the thing that you said you would not do. Roger, when you think of, okay, some examples in the scriptures to help us understand what is alignment? What sort of faces come to your mind in as you ponder what that word really means? Well, you know, one of them that's given to us by God is the man Job. In Job chapter 1, verse 1, God describes him as a upright and just man. Now, we, we think of the word just, we, we, we see the idea of justice, fairness, honest, honorable, all those, all those words kind of run through that idea of that. David is another great example where he was considered an upright man. And so, so the idea of integrity is someone as, as we try to get across, uh, kind of in the opposite view of hypocrisy is when someone's insides and their outsides match. Yeah. Uh, what he's saying and what he's doing is the same thing. He's not, one way at one place, you know, you know, the, the guy at work is not the guy in the church building. Well, that, that's an, that's an issue there. And that's inconsistent. There's, there's not an alignment there. And our alignment, first and foremost, has to be with the Lord. What the Lord says, we have to see, and we got to line up with what God wants us to be. And, uh, uh, I love the story of Alexander the Great. He was inspecting his troops one day, and there was one soldier who was just not right. You know, something wasn't right. His uniform was messy. He was missing his sword, and Alexander the Great really got upset with that man and asked him what his name was. And the soldier proudly says, my name is Alexander, just like yours. <laughs> and Alexander the Great says, either change your ways or change your name. All right. <laughs> so there was an alignment problem there. We know... 
there are a variety of passages in uh, in both Old and New Testaments that get us thinking about the importance of that. I really appreciated your use of the word alignment on Sunday morning. That got me thinking uh, in in maybe more practical terms than I had thought about before when it comes to integrity. One of the passages that came to my mind was from 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, where John says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. There's the standard, right? First and foremost, we need to be aligned with God. In him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, to borrow from your lesson, that's that's misalignment. We are not aligned, right? And, well, is, is that really that big of a deal? John says we lie and do not practice the truth. One of the reasons I appreciated that use of the word alignment, you know, that makes me think of driving a car. I'm at this point in life where, uh, you know, not only do we, Shelly and I, we have our own vehicle, but we've got a couple of daughters who are heading in different directions. And so uh, I've heard you reminisce before how you remember the days that your driveway kind of looked like a used car lot. We're well on our, our way to that. And it can be really easy to think, well, okay, I know obviously I need to keep gas in the tank and every once in a while I need to make sure that the oil gets changed. But every once in a while, you know, I'll ask, I'll get asked about, well, do you want to rotate your tires? Do you want to check your alignment Let's just think about this from the standpoint, first of all, physically. How does a vehicle, for instance, get out of alignment? What do we mean by that? Well, you know, what we mean by that, and a good test to see how your car is aligned is if you're driving down the road and your wheels are straight and you take your hands off the wheel just for a little bit, do you drift to the left or do you drift to the right? Yeah. And some cars, it's not a drift. It's a radical, <laughs> it's a radical movement. And, and, you know, you've got, you've got to keep pulling the other way because your car wants to drift the other way. And that's hard on your tires. It's going to make your tires wear out faster because the tires are not rolling smoothly. They're, they're, they're being forced to uh, some parts they shouldn't be. Now, what happens? How it gets that way? is quite often just running into bumps and hitting curbs and that my kids I think I had target on every curb in the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) they would bang curbs and hit things and the car was always drifting and that happens physically it happens spiritually as well all right so let's explore that you we understand that as we're driving down the road physically, maybe we hit a big old pothole or rub up against a curb and, and that gets us out of alignment. Now we know there are passages of scripture like Hebrews chapter two and verse one that tells us we must pay close attention to what we have heard lest we drift, lest we drift away from what we have heard. So how can we get out of alignment spiritually? We're not talking about potholes on the highway or literal curbs, but how can that happen in an even more 
dangerous way. Well, I think I think the, a, a bridge right there is potholes spiritually, and, okay. and we hit those potholes spiritually. And and what happens is our our attention uh, turns from physical the spirit from spiritual things to physical things. We pay less attention to feeding our souls with God's word and worshiping, and we just tend to drift. You know, when Jesus in Matthew 16, after Peter makes that great confession, and Jesus talks about he's going to go to Jerusalem and be crucified, and Peter, Peter responds, God forbid it, it will never happen to you. The Lord turns to Peter in Matthew 16, verse 23, he says, Get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your mind on God's interests but man's. All right. That's how we drift. We, we start paying more attention. Now, we live in a physical world and physical worlds around us, and we've got to, we've got to work in the physical world, and we, we, we are subject to the physical world. So we've got to take care of our homes. We've got to take care of our cars, our pets. All those things are part of it. But when they consume us and they become priority number one, that's when we start getting out of the line, and we start putting the physical before the spiritual and we start taking care of the physical but we don't take care of the spiritual we start drifting all right so uh, i can have a, a perspective problem it sounds like i can begin to get things out of uh their their proper order of prominence and importance that gets me out of alignment do you think that there are ways that specific temptations can get us out of alignment. You know, I'm thinking here of someone maybe that's been walking with Jesus for a good long time, but like that Peter example, is there a way that, okay, I find myself separated perhaps from the Lord a little bit. I find myself around a challenging crowd. How might... Uh, a very powerful temptation suddenly get me out of alignment. Well, I think it's interesting. When when we went through that Psalms 15 passage in that lesson, and we talked about our speech, and we talked about our values, and how we deal with others, it's interesting to me that the chapter ends by talking about money. And I think money is a major one that gets, all of a sudden, we just get goofy in our thinking. And all of a sudden, our values get inside out. And the desire to keep up with others and the worldliness and materialism. And, and sometimes it seems so innocent and it seems so subtle. And the next thing we know, we're just chasing that carrot and everything gets kind of inside out. And we find ourselves drifting. I have to work more so I can afford this bigger house. And I have this bigger house because I want to show it off to other people. I want to look like I have uh, arrived. And so, so one thing leads to another thing. And, and what happens is the spiritual gets pushed to the back. And all of a sudden we run out of, uh, our spiritual our life and we start suffering that way. And so I think that's a big one we face. Now, you, I'm sure you've got some others. What would you think of? Well, I, you know, as you're describing that, I, I thought of Achan, for instance, in the book of Joshua. He's on the right side, right? He has crossed the Jordan River. He's marched around the walls of Jericho. He had heard what God had said. Everything is to be devoted to destruction, but he sees things that don't belong to him. You know, he didn't wake up that morning, as far as I can tell, determined to, okay, 
I'm just going to step out of bounds. I'm intentionally going to drift into the danger zone. It was in that moment, an unguarded heart sees a lot of really valuable stuff. I think I'd like that stuff, and so I'm going to take that stuff, but I know I'm out of bounds, and so I'm going to have to hide that stuff and lie about having it, and it it just seems like it can happen just that fast. I mean, that's one of the things that we try from a physical point of view to remind our 16-year-old driver of every once in a while. In fact, just yesterday, I I woke up, I saw outside, it was still pretty dark, it was really foggy, and so I encouraged her, knowing what route she was going to be taking to school, listen, you've got to really be aware of where you are and realize that someone may not have their lights on, you've got to be extra careful because something can happen just in a moment. Temptation is like that. And, you know, for Aiken, you know, the story shows that he knew he was wrong. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I didn't know. Not only did he hide the gold in his tent, but he but he buried it in the ground inside his tent. So, I mean, it's like he's trying to he's trying to get to the point where nobody sees this. Now, now for us, it, it, it may be hiding something, uh, you know, through passwords or hiding something else that we don't want anyone to see. Uh, you know it's wrong, and hiding is not going to make it right. And above all things, God already knows. God's already seen. God knows exactly where he put that gold. And so that, that becomes a major obstacle for us, and it gets us out of line because pretty soon you're living that lie. And, you know, they, they called the troops together. And who was it that violated? They went from troop to, or from tribe to tribe, to family to family. Finally, it was discovered it was him. And what happens is you just start saying lies to cover lies, to say more lies. And that, that just shows you, you get completely out of line. If your car gets so far out of line, it's undrivable. Yeah. Um, it just, it gets to the point where you can't even drive straight because it's so far out of alignment. And for some people, their lives can get that way. All right. So we've talked about misplaced priorities. We've talked about the power of temptation. What about unexpected tragedy? You, you mentioned Job earlier. And one of the, the very admirable things about Job in those early chapters is in spite of everything that he loses, he will not turn his back on Job, but Mrs. Job, whatever her name was, don't she get the sense, well, she also has lost 10 children. She's watching her husband go through this and that unexpected tragedy, that intense grief has gotten her out of alignment. What what might that look like today? Absolutely. And, and the passage is Job chapter 2, verse 9, where she just encourages her husband, just curse God and die. Yeah. Uh, basically, what she's saying is just give up. Just give up. And if this is the, if this is the God you serve, well, I want nothing to do with him. And so, so life happens, and tragedy can happen. And you know, God does not put an umbrella around His people. We we were just talking in our uh, Sunday morning Bible class in the auditorium about discouragement. That's a huge thing that gets people out of alignment. Is that things just aren't going well, or you've got this task that just seems overwhelming, and you, and you look at it and you just 
you just can't go on. Uh, sometimes mo- young mothers feel this way. They've got they look at the house, they look at all the kids, they look at all the mess, and they just get so discouraged. And pretty soon you start complaining. You get bitter. You can become jealous of others, and all of those attitudes. Uh, take us away from what God wants us to be. They get us out of a line. And so our spirit gets ruined by that. And the way we treat other people becomes ruined by that. And all of that is reflective by someone who's simply not aligned with God. All right. So we've talked about what spiritual alignment is. We've talked about how we can get easily out of alignment. Let's spend a few minutes before we're done. If that's me... How can I get back in alignment with God? Absolutely. Two two key verses come to my mind. Colossians 3, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. That's almost the very uh, prescription that Peter needed in Matthew 16. Peter has mind on man's interest, not God. So set your mind on the things of God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, you mentioned verse 1. Verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Uh, that's how you get yourself aligned. You, 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 what you're wanting is, is uh, you're wanting a standard or how do I get my wheels and my car going the right direction? Well, there, there's a calibration that they do. And our calibration is Jesus. And so we look at Jesus and how would Jesus respond in this situation I am in? How would Jesus want me to think? How would Jesus want me to treat other people? And what you start doing is you start pulling yourself back to that Bible and you start looking at these lessons and you start realizing, okay, I got to reshape my attitude. I've got to just quiet my mouth a little bit. I got to stay off social media some. I've got to do all these little things here and there. And what I'm doing is I'm just getting myself more and more spiritual as God wants me to. We were talking about sin earlier, temptation, and how it can get us out of alignment. When we were exploring whether or not that's a big deal, I I thought of David in Psalm 32. He talks about in the wake of his sin with another man's wife and the subsequent murder of that man. He writes in Psalm 32, verse 3, when I kept silent. In other words, when I just kept driving, right? I was out of alignment with God, but I just kept going my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. You mentioned that you can only drive physically so long before that car becomes undrivable, right? And and don't you get the sense that's what David ex- is experiencing? How did he get back in alignment? Well, verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. There's the standard. And what good news in this last line, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. It's acknowledging the standard. It's acknowledging perhaps how I've drifted away from that standard, being honest with God, And then, whether it's, okay, I've made a mess of my life, or there is this intense season of grief, whatever it is, Roger, I'm reminded of the fact that 
we're not on this pathway alone, right? We're not trying to do this as a solo project. We are blessed with brothers and sisters to our right and our left and up a front and and behind us a little bit who are on this journey together, who can lift our tired arms up, strengthen our weak knees. What a blessing when we're out of alignment. And one of the things that helps us is to just listen to yourself. Uh, what, what alignment is about is making sure your walk and your talk match, but they got to match with God first. Yeah. And so as we sing these hymns, and we talked a lot about that throughout that sermon, we, we sang some hymns such as, oh, oh, How I Love Jesus. What a great hymn. How easy it is to say that. But now when I sing that, am I listening to that? Do I really love Jesus? And to put those thoughts together, and that helps us. That helps us realize, okay, I, you know, uh, talk is easy and talk is cheap. Now I need to live up to what I've just said. And that helps us to be aligned with God. The path of integrity. If you weren't able to join us this past Sunday, I would most certainly encourage you to go back, watch or listen to that sermon. It's freely available in our sermon podcast feed, video available at charlestownroad.org. Roger, thank you for that important reminder, important teaching from Psalm 15. We've got the opportunity, of course, to continue learning about God's will for our lives this evening. 7 o'clock p.m., you're going to be leading an auditorium Bible class. Yeah, the month of September, we are uh, just looking at questions that's been submitted to us. And so, Lord willing, we're going to continue that. They're kind of a hodgepodge of questions. I'd like to get through six of them tonight if we can do that, but uh, we've just got a variety of questions. They're, they're about life, they're about the Bible, and they're questions that sometimes just don't find their way into sermons or classes, and that's, that's what makes this so interesting because it's on the people's mind, and it gives us an opportunity to really look at these things. That will be in the auditorium in our B2 adult classroom, our Building Blocks track of studies. This month, we're exploring what's a human being, something we can't can't take for granted. Something that our Creator talks a lot about, Lord willing, this evening at 7 o'clock p.m., we'll talk about being completely dependent on God. Roger, you also have the opportunity to preach this Sunday morning. Yes, and we're going to go to the book of Acts in chapter 15, where there was a big, major spiritual earthquake that took place, and it had to do with uh, the Jews and the Gentiles, and there was a big dilemma, what we're going to do about that, and we're going to call this, let's look into the matter. That's a phrase that's found in the book of Acts chapter 15. Two great fundamental principles come out of that, about how we look at things, how we look at the Bible, and should help us as we think about our journey here uh, from here to heaven. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you at 7 o'clock tonight. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week. We would love to have you come and grow with us. 